0: The following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. First Thessalonians 5. Let's begin in verse 16. Hopefully, the rest of the service will go better than it has so far. First Thessalonians 5. Looking at verses 16 through 18. You know, as we're approaching Thanksgiving Day, which will be next week, and I, you know what? Of all the holidays, we we celebrate i love i probably love thanksgiving more than anyone more than anyone because of the i guess the nature of it where we take some time to thank god for his goodness to us in first thessalonians 5 beginning in verse 16 first thessalonians 5 beginning in verse 16 the bible says rejoice evermore pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning you and everything give thanks let's pray and father in heaven lord as we consider this passage of scripture this morning father lord it, it would seem at times to be a difficult thing to deal with father sometimes as the scripture says here in everything everything give thanks well this is the will of god in christ jesus concerning us and father we know that but for the grace and goodness and mercy of Almighty God, we could not. And I pray, God, as we consider the subject this morning, Father, that you'd help us to be able to obey this command. And Father, do it out of a genuine heart of love for thee. God bless this time now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And everything, give thanks. and everything, give thanks. You know, I've read some different quotes that Helen Keller... Who was born uh, deaf, dumb, and now she wasn't born deaf, dumb, and blind. She got sick as a as a young child at 19 months. Uh, she developed what they think is scarlet fever, and from that she was left deaf, and blind, and mute. And um, <clears throat> it's interesting that the gal that came along, Ann Solomon, to teach her, was a was a, a little child herself when her mother died and her dad abandoned her at uh, uh, Philadelphia a School for the Blind. There she grew up and learned and was trained, and then she became the teacher of Helen Keller. And it's, the life of Helen Keller was quite a, <laughs> quite a life, and the work that Ann Sullivan did was quite a work, and yet God was at the center of it all. Helen Keller said once, For three things I thank God every day of my life. Thanks that he has vouchsafed me knowledge of his works, Deep thanks that he has set in my darkness the lamp of faith. Deepest, deepest thanks that I have another life to look forward. <clears throat> she also said, I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself, my work, and my God. I mean, those are, those are powerful things to, to listen to from one who didn't probably have a lot to look forward to and yet she said those things you know a christian leper in india once said that was heard to pray i guess i thank god that uh, he had laid leprosy on me because of the lepers i have been able to lead to christ you know sometimes i think we we focus on what looks like the difficulty and we forget and miss maybe the blessings and the things for which we maybe ought to give thanks. Our text uh, tells us in everything uh, to give thanks. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do so. It's sometimes at times difficult uh, to do so. And so as we consider this subject in everything to give give thanks, first of all, if you look back to our text in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, first of all, we need to see that it is first the command of God. Now, the Bible says in everything give thanks. You know, this is not a suggestion, Uh, This is not uh, just a little thing he's thrown out or what have you. This isn't filler. This is an actual command of God. God says, in everything, give thanks. And I think sometimes it's important that we view it as a command of God because there are times, folks, when it's just plain not easy to give thanks. And some of you in this room, maybe all of us at different times in our lives have found it difficult to... Uh, to be able to give thanks to God for what's going on in our lives. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you look there with me, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> I knew I would not be here uh, next week, so I, I felt the Lord would have me speak on this subject of thanksgiving. And it's a very important subject in 2 T- uh, Timothy chapter 3, and looking at verse 1. The Bible says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And folks, we're living in those days. Since the time that Christ came, we we have seen the last days. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and then the list goes on. But in the early part of the list of the the things that cause perilous times is an unthankful spirit. So hence, God knowing that, And knowing the tendency of our human heart would command us first, he says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, If you will, Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. It's not a command given one time, but expressed in other places. Ephesians 5 and verse 20. Here the Bible says, giving thanks always, For all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, almost the same words, giving thanks always for all things. Amen. If you will, look with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, looking at verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, verses 6 and 7. Here the Bible says, be careful. The word careful means full of care or anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Is that where it stops? No. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's important, folks, for us to, to be able to remember to thank the Lord, amen. God commands us to, in, in every opportunity to thank God uh, for his goodness to us. You know, and I think in part because we're so prone to forgetting. We're so prone to forgetting. You know, sometimes if you don't thank someone, you know, maybe somebody's done some good thing for you and then you let it go by and after a while maybe you've forgotten about it and it was a blessing and then sometime down the road you remember, oh wow, I didn't thank that person for that. You know, folks, thanksgiving is a, is a huge issue in the life of God's people. As a matter of fact, if we can't have a grateful and a thankful heart, you know what, folks? We'll probably have the opposite if we're not careful. Rather, an ungrateful, unthankful, maybe even a nasty spirit. And, folks, nobody prospers by that, and nobody is helped uh, by that. If you will, Colossians 3, Colossians chapter 3, and uh, verse 17. <clears throat> Colossians 3 and uh, verse 17 the Bible says and whatsoever you do in word or deed do all in the name of our Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him and then Hebrews 13 Hebrews 13 and uh, verse 15 Hebrews 13 and uh, verse 15 Here the Bible says, by him, Hebrews 13, 15, by him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Again, by him or by God, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God continually by Christ. That that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Folks, what a blessing when we do take the time, whether in prayer or sometimes maybe even around the unsaved world, when we acknowledge the goodness of God and we thank God for His goodness even before the world. You know, the world is upset and they're, they're sometimes mad. Uh, they, I know people that are just constantly in a state of turmoil. They're worried about this thing. They're worried about that thing. They're caught up in this conspiracy theory or whatever. All kinds of stuff going on. And sometimes even Christians can get drawn into that And God wants wants us to remember something. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord and let us remember what He's done for us in the past. Let us be thankful for what God has done and will do. You know, the Lord doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stop giving us. God daily loadeth us with benefits. And sometimes we overlook those benefits and you say, well, that was just a small thing. The Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You know, folks, when we, when we acknowledge and we see the goodness of God and thank God uh, for that, folks, what a blessing it is. He is blessed by it. We're blessed by it. And sometimes those that watch us can be blessed by it, affected, good for that. You know, obedience really has a motivation. Look with me to John 14, John 14 and uh, verse 15, John 14 and uh, verse 15 You know, some some people that are uh, not Christians view us who are Christians as those that have to do what God commands because if we don't, we're in trouble. Wrong. We as Christian people should not do what we have to do because we have to do it. But because, as John 14 and 15, Jesus said this, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Folks, our obedience to God as Christian people is born out of a love for God because the Bible says he loved us because he first loved us, we love him, amen? And it's amazing sometimes that, that the, the, the unsaved world, the, the non-Christian world looks at us and says, well, why are you doing that? Why are you obeying? Why are you thankful? Well, we have much to be thankful for, first and foremost, for the love of God in Christ Jesus, Amen, and His love that causes us to love Him and uh, live for Him. Second Corinthians five, Second Corinthians chapter five, <clears throat> and uh, looking at verses fourteen and fifteen, <clears throat> here Paul writes: For for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which uh, died for them and rose again. Folks, God in love sent his son to the cross of Calvary to die for you and I. And we live by his love, and our lives should be constrained, controlled, if you will, uh, to live for his love in obedience to God. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Do you want to, to be obedient to God? Why can't we not be obedient to God when we stop and think about it? Maybe that's the problem. We haven't taken some time to stop and think. God, you know, we sing the song, Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. And it may surprise you what the Lord hath done. Amen? I think sometimes if we took the time to take stock of what God has done for us, we'd have much to be thankful for, first and foremost, for His love for us. A love that's everlasting. A love where the Bible says that many waters cannot quench love. Not the love of God. The love that he has for us in First John 5. <clears throat> in verse 1, 1, John 5 and 1. <clears throat> Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous what are we talking about we're talking about obedience to God obedience that has that is if you will motivated by a love for God the God that loves us And why do we even talk about this? Because God in our text is commanding us in this manner. He says, in everything, give thanks. Well, folks, if we love the Lord like we ought to, and sometimes, folks, the Bible says, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll let our love wax cold, and suddenly, folks, we lose the spirit of thanksgiving to God. Because our eyes are not on the Lord, they're on something else. Maybe sometimes on the difficulties of life in Job 1. Job chapter 1. Look at verse 20. Job 1, looking at verse 20. You know, it's easy to be thankful when things are easy. It's another thing to be thankful when things are not easy. Job understood this, and I think he tried He tried to, to keep his heart right at the beginning when he'd lost his family, and lo- or he'd lost everything, if you will, verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Now we know as time went on, and as things got worse, he lost his family, he lost his health. I mean, he's in a, in a terrible straits. And he struggled. And you know what? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't struggle? In the midst of some of the things that uh, he went through as a God-fearing man. And yet he strove to try to be obedient, try to find some good in it all in Job 42. Job 42, look with me there. And verse 12, Job 42 <clears throat> And of verse 12. <clears throat> the Bible says, So the, la- the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 she-asses, and he had also seven sons and three daughters. Now, I'm sure that wasn't a terrible blessing to his wife. <laughs> she had to have all this kid now. And he called the name of uh, the first and so forth. But, you know, he blessed the latter end. Now, you know, From the beginning, when God allowed the devil to do what he did to try Job, to test him, Job tried to keep things right, but God had a purpose in it all. The devil sought to destroy, but God allowed it for good. I appreciated the special that was sung this morning. You know, uh, I forget the wording now, but, you know, that song was was sung, uh, written and sung by a man named Ron, Ron Hamilton that lost his eye. And I'm sure he struggled with the idea of what was going on. Why did he lose his eye to cancer and what have you? You know, Job lost everything, including his health, and must have at times, and did at times, wonder why in the world is all of this going on? He didn't know. And you know, he didn't have a Bible like you and I have. He did not have that. He had the things that he'd learned of God and been taught by God, sometimes by word of mouth. and He didn't have a written record like you and I have. And when he went through all of that, he probably began to wonder, what in the world is going on? Didn't always maybe understand or see it. In Psalm 17 and verse 15, and yet God was at work in his heart and his life, molding and shaping him, helping him to be, if you will, like the Lord. And you say, boy, that's a a long, tough road to go in order to be like the Lord. You know, folks, God knows what we need better than we need. You know, folks, God never abandoned Job, though Job at times felt like he was abandoned. And God was working out a good purpose, a great purpose in Job's life, blessing his latter end. You know, folks, when we first get saved, God is, is, is rejoicing in heaven with the angels over, over another sinner that's repented and trusted Christ. But that's only the beginning of what God wants to do and accomplish, the beginning of his goodness in your life to come. And in Psalm 17, Psalm 17 and verse 15, uh, David writes, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. You know, folks, to be like Christ is a good thing. It's the great one of the great purposes of the Lord. Romans 8. Look with me there. Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8. And twenty-eight, and sometimes it's hard to, to remember that when we're going through difficult times and maybe even wondering why me, why this, why has this got to be this way? You know, the Bible says, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Trust in him at all times because God is a good God, amen? And the Bible says in Psalm 18 and 30, as for God, his way is perfect. His way. His way, folks, not only in the Word of God, not only in the world to come, but in your life. And as for God, His way is perfect. In Romans 8, look with me to verse 28. Romans 8, looking at verse 28. The Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. What is that purpose? Well, He he tells us in the next verse what His purpose is and what the all things are trying to accomplish. For whom He did foreknow... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know, God does not predestine some to go to heaven and some to go to hell, but He does predestine this. The moment you get saved by the grace of God, God has predetermined that you're going to be like Jesus Christ, one way or the other. Amen. One way or the other. And that may require us to go through some things that are difficult. And it may, we may find ourselves struggling with our text this morning when God says, it, by command, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And then we're in the midst of everything. And we're struggling with giving thanks. Maybe, we, you know what, folks? Maybe we're there, maybe we're there to learn the lesson in obedience and love to God in everything, give thanks. In those things you may find yourself right now in the middle of that are difficult. In everything, give thanks. God has predetermined that you and I will conform. Look with me to Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1 and 6. <clears throat> and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's not easy to give thanks. Sometimes we get our eyes off the Lord. Sometimes we, you know, <laughs> Peter, you know, it's an amazing thing. I, I appreciate the Gospels of Christ. And I remember the time when Christ came to the disciples. He's walking on water. And Peter's looking out of the boat thinking, well, what what is this? And the Lord said, be of good cheer as I," eye. And, and, and he's, oh, he said, it's Christ. he it said, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he got out of the boat, the only one that got out of the boat and started to walk on the water. Now, that's cool. This was not uh, Lake So-and-so in North Dakota at 40 below zero. <laughs> this was on the water, if you will, the Sea of Galilee. And it's a tempestuous storm. And he's out of the boat. He's walking on the water. And, you know, he's, it's, what an amazing thing. He's walking on the water. He's got his eyes on the Lord. But as soon as he took his eyes off the Lord and the command of God... He saw the storm. He saw the difficulty and started to sink. Did the Lord let him go and drown? No. He reached out, took hold of him, lifted him up, got into the ship with him. Philippians 1 and 6, the Bible says, Be confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. You know what? The moment you got saved, you went from being maybe a marred vessel marred because of a life of sin, ruined and messed up because of some dumb nonsense you got involved with. And you know what, folks? When God gets us in salvation, he doesn't get much. No. But God is the master potter. And if all he gets out of us is a lump of clay, he says, let me do something. And he begins to apply pressure, begins to mold and shape and move and work with that clay. And when it's all said and done, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. You know what, folks? When it's all said and done, that vessel will be like Jesus Christ. Under the glory and power of God. In everything, give thanks. You know, the Bible talks about in in James chapter 1, James 1. And every one of God's children go through this. In James 1, look at verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Oh, it's almost like saying, be happy. Be happy that things are not going too hot. Oh, (laughs) smile when your car breaks down. Smile when your dog bites you. Smile when your wife smacks you. He's saying, you're being silly, amen. But be happy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, let the trying of your faith work with patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be uh, perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Folks, God is going to accomplish great things sometimes through the very difficult things he takes us through. And that's why he commands us to believe God. You know what? It, it takes some faith to believe God to believe his word when he says, you know what? I've begun something, a good work, and all things work together for good to them that love God. And folks, by faith, we can, faith and love, by faith and love, we can in everything learn to give thanks. Amen? We don't start out that way. But given time and given the work of God in our lives, we can come to the place where we can obey that command. Looking back to First Thessalonians 5, see the second and last thing. This one should only take me an hour. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and let's look at verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Okay, there's the first, the commandment of God. Secondly, it is the will of God. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The highest priority in Christ's life was, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. It's the high, it was the highest priority, one of the highest priorities in Christ's life to do the will of the Father. In Luke 22, we've talked about this before, but let's look at it again. Luke 22 and 39, Luke 22 and 39. <clears throat> the Bible says, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Now here's one of the thieves, probably on, on the left side. He's cursing Christ. He's mocking him. And at one, time, at one time, if you look at the scripture closely, both of them were doing it, the one on the left and the one on the right. But as they hung, hung now listen, in close proximity to God the, the Son on the cross of Calvary, and listen to him Say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Offering forgiveness to those that crucified him, those that abused him, those that mocked him. The one on the right side began to look and say, wait a second, wait a second, what in the world is going on? I'm in Luke 23, but we'll read it anyway. He says, but the the other on uh, on the other, verse 40, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I said to thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, you know what? Christ was there because of the will of God. Earlier in Luke 22, he said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. As he hung on the cross of Calvary, he hung between heaven and earth for us. He is the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And all he went through all of that according to the will of God, the command of his Father. And in doing so, even as he hangs on the cross of Calvary, someone is saved by the grace of God. Some good comes from it all, and so much, so much good came from it. Hebrews twelve and one. Hebrews twelve and one. It is the will of the Father. In Hebrews twelve and one, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about Hebrews twelve and one, with so great a cloud of witnesses, what's he referring to? Looking back to Hebrews eleven. Cloud of witnesses, great testimonies of those who have walked by faith and follow the Lord. He says in verse chapter twelve, verse one, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now he says in verse two, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god you know what folks i said it earlier but luke 15 says there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than the 99 just persons that need no repentance every time somebody's saved by the grace of god the joy bells ring in heaven and not only are the angels in heaven happy and rejoicing but so is the lord Because the great will of God was done, another soul was rescued, saved by grace. And you know what? Christ endured what he went through. He he finished and fulfilled the will of the Father for many reasons, but you know what, folks? Because of the joy that he knew that he could bring to the hearts of men. Now you think about this this morning. Are you saved by the grace of God? If you are. If you are, you know what, folks? You can have a joy like the rest of the world doesn't understand, in the midst of difficult times. A joy that can bring you to a place where, as the command of God we've seen already in everything, give thanks. Do you know, folks, God, if you're saved by grace, God has brought joy to your life, not only in your salvation, but every single day of your life and his care for you. God doesn't, you know the Bible says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. And he doesn't just care when you you bring to him burdens and difficulties. He cares for you and I every single day of our lives. And does so many things for us every single day. You know what a blessing it is to roll out of bed and know that you're still alive. (laughs) Sometimes it gets harder to get out of bed. They say, but I want to go home and be with the Lord. Well, one day you will. But to be able to get out of bed with some measure of health and go see your loved ones and hug them and tell them you love them and spend some time. You know what? I'm looking forward to going home and seeing my mom. You know, home for me is not the place, it's the people. I'm going home to see my mom. I haven't seen her in quite a while. What a blessing to go home and give her a hug and rejoice in the fact she's still with us and I got a chance to see her again. Now, when she dies, she's going to go home to be with the Lord and she's ready for that. But you know what? I want to see her and she wants to see me. Can you believe that? Someone wants to see me. My wife, especially lately. She's been on the phone. I want to see my wife. But I'm longing to see my mom. And tell her I love her. Tell her I love her again. You know, I talk to her at least once a month, sometimes once every two weeks. And I always tell her when I get off the phone, I love you, Mom. Because what if I don't talk to her again? You know, folks, do you love your family? You know, don't, listen, don't waste time not telling them. Don't forget to tell them how much you love them. Because God loves you, amen? It is the will of God that in everything give thanks. In Philippians 2, Philippians 2 and 12, Philippians 2 and 12. <clears> Here <throat> Paul writes to the church of Philippi, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean you're working your way to heaven. It's working out from your salvation in obedience to the Lord. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, God has a purpose for your life. God has planned and purposed for you and I to be like the Lord. And you know what, though? To live for God. You say, well, my life's been messed up by a lot of difficult circumstances. Are you alive? Now some of you at times have looked like death warmed over when you come to church. <laughs> I'm asking you, are you alive? Alive in Jesus Christ. Do you have an opportunity to serve God? Surely. Do you have life yet to serve God? Surely. Do so. God is working in you, making you like Christ, and want now listen, wants to give you a life worth living. Because if you live for yourself, it's not a, worth, a life worth living. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when all of us in this room, including this preacher, have wasted time and wasted life. And we can't get it back. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The time we have left, we, you know, folks, in everything, we ought to give thanks to God every day. Thanking those that have been a help and a blessing. Thank your, you know what? Husbands, thank your wife for washing your clothes. Listen, this week I've been washing my own clothes. My wife's going to be thankful when she gets home and fixes the mess I'm making out of them. But I, You know, there's a lot of things when, when people aren't around that you thank God for. Why not thank them while they're around? Why not thank them while they're around? Tell them you love them while they're here. Amen. Because, you know, you don't know. The Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Tell your your loved ones you love them. Thank them for what they've done. Thank God for what he does for you and what he's done and will do. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And 43. Psalm 107 and 43. Who is wise, Psalm 107 and verse 43, who is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. You know, folks, God is a God of mercy, love, and grace. And you know, folks, if we if we can get a hold of, if we can get a hold of what God is saying here, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Folks, you know what? We have much to be thankful for. And you know what? Even if we take the time to think about the the difficult things we've gone through, sometimes the most difficult trying things that we go through reap the greatest benefit for us and for those that observe us. It's not easy. And sometimes it's difficult to look and say, wow, how can I thank God for this? I'm burdened. I even feel broken because of it. I can't imagine what it must have been like to have been Job. I've never gone through any, half of anything that he's ever gone through. But he learned to rejoice. I'm sure he learned to, in everything to give thanks. What about us this morning? You know, we're approaching Thanksgiving Day, and one day of the year, but I thank God at least one day in the year, As a nation, we stop to give thanks to God. And that was the intent, that was the intent of that day. But for you and I, every day should be a day where in everything we give thanks. Amen? Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.